Poso maoni work, why one and Kitan anymore, a Yoski Pietaya, Posnotaman, a Yum, MITW podcast, a Yospis Pietaya, Posnapi Notaman, and a Hisekimaka, a Yoso Matnamene Hokihi. Welcome to the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. We are your host, Gary Dodge. And Sheena Wapus. On this episode, we are back to our usual quote-unquote guest, Vaughn Bowles, um, who is the Public Information Officer for the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin. And before we get started, I would like to remind people, we do request you send in your COVID-19-related questions uh, into us at podcast at mitw.org. So Vaughn, what are some safe ways to enjoy the Labor Day weekend? So you might need to be a little more inventive than in years past. Um, we'd recommend, you know, avoiding large gatherings as much as possible. Things like the Shawano County Fair, where a lot of people are, might not be great for the Labor Day weekend this year. Um, but we do recommend, you know, outdoor activities, camping, hiking, picnicking with your family. Um, I know we had an email in this last week of someone that suggested instead of going to the fair, do like backyard competitions with your family members and do things like three-legged races and wheelbarrow races and like donut eating on a string and made me laugh and appreciate, you know, silly things like that. Um, I personally love to read. Barbecuing is always great. Um, you know, just spend some time outdoors uh, with your family and, and just try to relax as much as possible is what we'd suggest at this point. All right, you brought up the fair. How will the tribe respond to the COVID case numbers if the uh, numbers rise again? So it depends. That's our favorite answer, though. We discussed it. It kind of depends. Um, but if if the numbers do start rising again in a manner that um, is alarming, the tribe will you know, revert back to a phase one operation um, with a lot of remote work. Um, the businesses will be only or the buildings will only be open for appointment only. Um, so it's kind of how we have operated in, in the past um, during lockdown earlier and, and just recently uh, when we had the second um, bout of our, our phase one operation about two to three weeks ago. So it'd be kind of standard procedure at this point. I have a follow up question to that. So what, yeah. it, what are um, alarming numbers? Because we've seen really big jumps in Shawano County in, in the last like, I don't know, two weeks or so. Yeah, so Shawano County has had a, a wide jump in numbers, as has Oconto County. Um, and so those are things we're definitely keeping an eye on. Um, we did have one new case uh, this week of a tribal member. Um, I believe we also had a non-tribal member who lives in the county um, who also was uh, diagnosed as a positive case. Those aren't quite enough to, you know, to be alarmed about. They are things we need to be aware of. Um, and people are you know, quarantining at this point. Um, so really if they're, it's hard to put a, a fine number on it. Usually if, um, you know, between five to 12% of the tests run, come back positive, that would kind of qualify as kind of a, a step back number for us. The tests in Menominee you're talking about. Right, right. Yeah. Correct. Um, so this week, um, there's been a lot of news about a vaccine possibly coming in late October or November. Can you talk about that a little bit? 
So a vaccine in, in November would be, it'd be really optimistic at this point. Um, I'm not saying that'd be a bad thing. Uh, there are over 200 vaccines in development globally. A lot of them have reached uh, the, the phase three, which is the, the wide scale human testing, um, which is good. I mean, it's, it's positive to see that a lot of them have um, elicited T cell response, which is good because they've found that um, people tend to lose the antibodies to COVID-19 over uh, about two to three months. So having that, that T cell memory um, is really critical to having a vaccine that works long-term. Um, in addition to that, they, they also think that um, their estimations that if we can vaccinate um, between you know 60 to 70% of the population, that would be uh, a point where we could consider that we almost have a herd of immunity to COVID-19, which is good because earlier estimates, you know, we're in the 80 to 90% range of the population. So it, they think it's a much more manageable um, objective at this point. Um, that said, uh, like the DHS and the FDA kind of combined forces and resources um, under direction of the administration, they put together what they call Operation Warp Speed. Um, they wanted to make sure there's enough funding and personnel to make sure that we can have vaccines out by 2021. Um, the goal is to have 300 million doses by January 1st. So there are a couple contenders for that right now. Um, one of them is the AstraZeneca Oxford uh, vaccine. It's in its phase three trials. Um, they're doing some some wide testing um, I believe in Brazil and South Africa. I'm not sure why they chose those locations, um, but they found that that does have a really good T cell response. Um, it's four times higher. They call it a fourfold increase of, of antibodies produced as well when people get that vaccine. So it looks like um, it'll be a very uh, productive and useful vaccine. Um, Pfizer also is is coming out with um, a vaccine that is uh, in its, its third phase, um, they're working to have um, at least 100 million doses by 2021 ready. Um, they're also expecting pr uh, to produce at least several million doses and stuff by the end of the year. And the government um, has contracted with them to acquire at least, or up, sorry, up to uh, 500 million doses. So there's that. And then um, there are a couple others. Um, Moderna is also very close. They started phase three back in July. Um, and there's, there's some speculation. I, November might be a little early. Um, so I wouldn't hold my breath for November, but it is possible they might, you know, have enough human volunteers, um, early enough that they might be able to, uh, conclude their third phases, um, and move into production. So it's possible, but I won't hold my breath. So would this would this vaccine be like a once in a lifetime kind of vaccine or more like the flu shot where you have to get one every year sort of thing? Or? No, based on based on the structure of the virus, um, this is probably more like a, a flu season virus um, because COVID is an, an RNA type of virus. There's a lot of mutation and change to the virus. So this might be something that they are updating regularly um, long term. The, the only difference is they'd be using um, different like um, RNA and, and, and protein markers and stuff for the virus. The, the mechanism of action will stay the same. They'll just put a slightly different mix of, of DNA materials in it. Okay. Um, so I had, I had a question about um, face shields because I've seen 
people wearing face shields, like workers wearing face shields, but no mask. Is that safe? (laughs) (laughs) That's a a good question. And when I I thought I must have been, I don't know what kind of mood I was in when I started writing my notes. When I when I saw that, I was like, picture (laughs) holding up a board in front of your face. And now imagine someone sneezing or coughing at your board. Um, okay. And I, I, I don't know why I left that in my notes, but you can picture <laughs> that. It's actually a pretty good analogy. Um, if you got, if you have something in front of your face, yes, it'll, it will stop some of the respiratory particulates and virus that is, you know, projected straight at you. Um, it doesn't necessarily block a lot of the viruses um, or particulates that are airborne and hanging in the air. And so that's why, you know, covering your mouth and your nose with a mask would still be beneficial, even if you had a face shield. Um, one of the big benefits of having a face shield though, is that it, it, uh, helps to protect your eyes, um, which are very vulnerable to infection. Um, like any sort of mucous membrane you have, um, that, you know, a virus can land on, can enter your body. And so face shields do help. Um, it, are they enough? I would, say it depends on what kind of job you're doing and the level of protection you need. Um, if you're say a dentist or a dental hygienist and you are, you know, very close to a patient working near where they might be breathing out on a regular basis, you might want both a face shield and a mask. If you're, you know, several feet away from, you know, your coworkers in an environment, like an office environment, um, the face shield might not be necessary, but you might want to consider using a mask instead um, because it would help filter out those particles. So it really depends on if you need to protect, you know, your eyes and and more of your face. So yes, they can be helpful in in the right circumstance. Okay. And then uh, my last question was um, on whether you think cases are going to rise with the change of the season into fall and winter. So this is a wonderful crystal ball question. (laughs) Um, so as weather gets colder, you know, people tend to start spending more time inside. Um, and that does raise the risk of, um, coming down with COVID or the flu or a cold, just because in most cases, air quality inside of a house isn't as clean as the outdoors. Um, also cold weather, uh, challenges our immune system more. And so we're more susceptible to getting sick. So it is very possible we could see an increased risk or an increased rise in the number of COVID cases, just likely we would with the flu or the cold um, in the coming months. So yeah, it's very possible we'll see a rise in it. Okay, um, did you have any parting message for us going into Labor Day weekend? Everyone, I hope you enjoy your weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, have a good time. Thank you, Vaughn. Why uh, Wannan for listening to the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also listen to the podcast on menominee-nsn.gov under the community tab and keep up to date by following us on Facebook at MITW Podcast. We do weekly updates with Vaughn. And again, we welcome any community questions you have regarding COVID-19. So please send those to us via email at podcast at MITW.org.